Today on The Daily Charge, Facebook launches a new dating service, Amazon's 20 new Fire TV gadgets, and our big Apple iPhone 11 preview. Good morning and welcome to CNET's Daily Charge. It's Thursday, September 5th. I'm Roger Chang. I'm Ben Fox Rubin. And I'm David Katzmeyer. Let's get to today's stories. Apple's next big event is scheduled for next Tuesday, so we figure it's never too early to preview what we expect from the iPhone 11. The biggest change may be to its highest-end model, rumored to be called the iPhone 11 Pro, so say goodbye to the Max. Supposedly has a glass back and a triple camera configuration, while the more budget-friendly iPhone 11R may finally get that dual-lens setup that, well, you know, the budget seekers have been wanting for. So, are you guys excited? Is that it? This is this is it. Dual lenses, yay! Why isn't it in the big thing like going to be next year's iPhone? Yeah. Right? So I mean, this how is many the, times have we said that though? Every well, year, right? Yeah. Every year. This is not an S year technically. So. so this is the third year that they're basically using the same design, and they've been doing this recently. They've kind of extended out the cycle, so now you have to wait three years for a big refresh. And I think you're right in terms of adding 5G. In terms of like a big redesign, we're probably have to going to wait for the 2020 model. Right, right. And they said this morning that the fingerprint reader might come next year too. The in-screen fingerprint yep. reader that everybody else already has. So yeah. So yeah, it's yeah, it's a little little disappointing if you're a if you're an Apple user. I, and we've commented about this plenty of times, but Samsung already introduced both of those features: five G and in-screen fingerprint yep. reader. What was it in March mm-hmm. with the Galaxy S ten? Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty clear from reading Shara Tipkin's story today. It's pretty clear that Apple has been well behind on the innovation curve. This is a continuation of that. That being said, from a business perspective, they're like, okay, we smartphone market is saturated at this point. Yeah. We're going to build out on services, a lot of other things. So absolutely, and, and that's what they've been doing for years. And keep yeah. in mind, they deal with huge volumes for this single phone, right? So every time they have to make a big a tweak or change to his phone it's it's a massive process right so that's partly their greatest strength is its greatest weakness yeah yeah next up facebook is launching a dating service in the u.s yes you heard that right the company which faces a host of questions about its ability to protect our data wants you to trust it with finding you with that finding you that special someone ben what do you think is this why? Why is this happening? This is this is like Facebook portal all over again, which <laughs> is like the company is going through all of these security and privacy issues, yep. and now um, coming out with a new product that a lot of people are really questioning what the value is, or are people going to trust Facebook with this type of data? Yeah, our own Queenie Wong talked to Facebook about this and really, uh, really asked about the privacy question. You know, they they assured her that you know the information collected for the dating profile wouldn't be sold to advertisers, and they they're trying to take extra steps to make this secure and kind of walled off. Keep in mind, beyond Facebook, other dating services have had a pretty bad rap when it comes to privacy concerns. So yeah. there's there's sort of a there's there's two issues here. That yeah. Facebook is dealing. And, and according to Queenie's story, she also mentioned that a lot of younger people are the folks that tend to use dating apps in mm-hmm. the first place. And so this is an opportunity for Facebook to try to, I don't know, lower the age of their total demographic because everybody's been right. jumping to Instagram. Yeah. So we'll see if that works. And this this apparently sucks in the Instagram posts automatically. So, you know, that makes sense, too. So if you're if you're on Instagram, you're dating. So, yeah. Definitely. And keep in mind, this is not supposed to be Tinder. This is more about finding that, you know, that special someone and not the the single night hookup. Also, Amazon launched 20 Fire TV equipped gadgets at Berlin's IFA trade show. That includes its first OLED TV 
with Fire TV built in. It's why we have David Kassmeyer on. David, break us break it down for us. That is a lot of products. Wait, I'm not here to talk about Facebook dating. No. If you want, oh, well, sorry, we're done with that. <laughs> um, no, it's all it's all about this OLED TV that has Fire TV, the first of its kind. It's only in Germany, so you know OLED TVs have great picture quality. Fingers crossed that comes to the U.S. You know, maybe LG will uh, you know throw in Roku TV or yeah. Amazon Fire TV and get rid of their little WebOS system. Uh, there's also you know a new Fire TV Cube, which is the weird remote control hybrid thing that's come to the U.S. It's going to be faster. And, you know, a soundbar with built-in Fire TV. So that's a trend that's happening, too, is they're building these streaming things into soundbars, you know, because why not? And are people actually... I mean, I, I get the streaming stick, but are, are folks actually buying these this other kind of ecosystem of Fire TV connected products? Or well, yeah, I mean, Amazon says they are. They I mean the stick is doing really well, but the Fire TV TVs, for example, that's like their big other play, and that again competes with Roku. Those have been selling really well too, according to them. Prime Day was like a, a big blockbuster, obviously, right. for the Toshiba branded things. They have a partnership with Best Buy, so they're out there in the market, and a lot of people are using them. And you know, if you like Alexa a lot, um, I think it's a pretty good product. Otherwise, I like Roku TV better. All right. Finally, the Galaxy Fold is back. Samsung touts that it will launch with a new white glove customer support program. But if you're looking to get in the U.S., you're out of luck. It'll only be available in South Korea, Germany, and the U.K. The Fold has been, I mean, it's been kind of a disastrous launch. And, and now it's not even coming to the U.S. I mean, is that, what does that mean for foldable phones? Um, I mean, good for them. I say this every time, but honestly, we were talking about Apple earlier that they really are so incremental in their efforts. Mm-hmm. This is the first time that a, a major company, well, Huawei is doing this too. Which but, has also had a delayed product. So. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a big change. So I think, at least from my perspective, consumers are going to be a little bit more patient, but maybe I'm wrong about that. Yeah, and American consumers are not patient with something that breaks. I feel like <laughs> launching only in, in, in you know a limited market, especially Korea, where it's like basically playing on your home turf, yep. You know, they really have uh, an advantage in terms of getting the word out there positive. They have a lot of negative you know stuff to overcome with this phone. So. So, you know, not launching the U.S. wise, maybe a little, you know, pansy-ish, but, you know, it's Samsung. They can do what they want. <laughs> well, partly it's, I think, a bunch of the carriers kind of backed out, right? There were carriers that were committed to selling this thing. They probably saw the controversy and just said, you know what? We don't, we don't need the drama. Yeah. And, and they're still coming out with it. So, you know, they, they didn't scuttle it completely. So right. give them credit for that. So for The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. I'm Ben Fox Rubin. I'm David Kotzmeyer. Thanks for joining us. 